Welcome back, Awkward Folks. I am Dustin Bryant, one of two hosts. Kat Ferris is the other. What's up, Kat? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's still cold in Arkansas, but maybe by the time this episode comes out, my feet won't be freezing anymore, but that's okay. So I am so happy to speak with the guest that we have today. Kat, I know you are too. She professes to be extremely passionate about process, strategy, profitability, leadership, and is obsessed with bringing a new meaning to remote teams and revenue to independent agencies in the insurance industry and small business owners. She is the host of the podcast Transcend with M, a podcast for uplifting, empowering, and sharing the stories of women. Are we ready? Kat, are you ready? I am ready to be uplifted and empowered with M. I just got tingles. Okay. Today we have Monica Edwani. Hi, Monica. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm really good. I'm so like, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> what We're just blushing? so excited to have you here that the energy is off the charts. Oh, my we God. just We love talking to you. I know, I know. I am so honored to be here with you too. I think, you know, I, I am extremely excited. I feel like this is a treat. So thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. And um, let's let's get the conversation going. I am excited to see where we go with this. I'm excited too. Well, I'll give you a heads up on where we're going with this. We are super curious about VAs. Okay. And we kind of want to know a little bit more about them. And then, of course, we want to know all about Monica. So tell us a little bit about you and your journey in the industry. Yeah, well, I was um, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. So insurance was not anything I was exposed to ever until I actually moved to Massachusetts and I had to buy insurance, right? Like that's kind of that was my whole exposure to insurance. So. Basically, I have a I have a medical and IT background. I graduated with a medical and IT background uh, from a university in Puerto Rico. And when I got here, I had a job, but quickly found out I didn't want to do the the lab, you know, deal with the disasters or anything like that. It kind of kind of took a toll on me because I I don't deal very well with like nature issues and stuff like that. It just brings me down. So I left the job that I had in the lab, which was, you know, focused on doing experiments with like toxins. And at that time in 2007 was that big oil spill that happened in California. So oh, that was a really uh, eye opener. Right. And I was like, do I really want to deal with this? And just continue to think that at any moment, you know, this earth is going to, it's going to die. So-, <laughs> so I feel that way. All yeah. the time, like as a middle yeah. schooler going through middle school science and nature stuff, it yeah. was too much for me. Like, and, and we learned about volcanoes and I was certain that a volcano was going to erupt in Arkansas. Yeah, so. it, it was a very, I don't know why, but it was a very emotional kind of journey. And I was like, this is not for me. I, I can't do the medical thing anymore or, you know, the lab thing anymore. So surprisingly enough, I saw an opening at a research center, but it was with Liberty Mutual. And that's, uh, I got that job, you know, supporting a bunch of uh, doctors and researchers, but was from a insurance perspective. It came with ergonomics, you know, workers comp, you know, they 
uh, did a lot of articles and had a take on writing parts of policies and stuff like that. And I managed their customer service department, which the customer service was a little bit different. It was more about, you know, publishing the articles, receiving people from around the world, doing events for them to release their articles and receive, you know, big companies like UPS and stuff like that coming in, uh, safety trainings, all that stuff, right? So it was a very different exposure. And that's how I learned to love insurance. So after being in there, then I was like, well, I want to explore other areas of insurance. And eventually I moved to sales. I moved to customer service, claims. So I had the whole rundown from a Fortune 500 company. And then I decided after eight years of doing a little bit of everything to move into the independent channel. And that's where we are today. So that's kind of like my story with with insurance and how I I got where I am today. So how long have you been on the independent side? It's now going to be, oh my God, eight years. It's going to be eight years. So I've been in insurance for 16, almost 17 years this year uh, in April. So it's been eight years on the independent channel. Awesome. That's amazing. And you also have a VA company. Yes. Yes. So I have an independent agency and I have a VA company as well. So Mm -hmm. explain to us what a VA is. For our listeners, VA means virtual assistant. Explain to us what a VA is. Yeah. So, um, you know, it is the term that is kind of revolutionizing a little bit the, the workspace today. So virtual assistants, we call them internally virtual professionals. They're not assistants to anybody. They're professionals working in this space. Some others call them virtual employees, but the popular, you know, word out there is the the virtual assistant, the VA. I just, I want to stop you for a second. Yeah. I despise the term employee. It's a personal thing of mine. I don't like it. I hate hearing the word my employee or my staff. Yeah. I want to hear team members. Right. I want to hear something that sounds collaborative because right. I just, if I got referred to as somebody's staff, it just makes me want to back away and go, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. That's your oppositional defiance disorder, yeah. Dustin. It, yes. <laughs> yeah. It very well could be. It makes me just want to button up and go, uh-uh, we are on the same page, you and I. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important that you bring that because- you know, the VA term, it's been very uh, wrongly discriminated against, I will say, just because they think that these are low dollar, low quality people that is, you know, 8,000 miles away, 7,000 miles away that don't have education that are just looking for a quick job. And that's not the truth. We have many, many professionals, not just on my, you know, VA company. But we have now like executive admins that have been doing the job for 60 years, 50 years, 40 years, 30 years that are going on their own, now servicing, you know, different people on C-suites. So I think we need to to kind of reel it back in and understand that these are virtual professionals, people with qualifications and enough credentials to do the job that you and I do. They just prefer to do it remotely and that's it. You know, they 
are looking for better opportunities that they cannot have on their own countries or on their own states. And they want to succeed and they want to find employment and they want to make a difference somewhere that they feel valued, right? So with us, that's that's how we started this whole thing. It was, you know, how are we going to provide for us? It started as an us problem. How are we going to provide for us people that are qualified and dedicated and can do an exceptional job? And then it turned into how can we provide this to the insurance, you know, industry as well, you know. When you said us, are you referring to your insurance agency? Yeah. So they can they okay. can do any job. Like they can do yeah. education, they can do insurance, you know, they can do mortgage. So that's how it started though, yeah. that you wanted more professionals for your agency right. and you were fine with the the whole remote thing. Did you start this company before pandemic or after pandemic? In the middle of the pandemic. Middle, middle of, of the pandemic. pandemic. September. So you seized an opportunity. Yeah, September <laughs> September 2020. So, you know, um the the prior employers that I was with, uh we use BAs as well. And I've worked with other BA companies in the country. And they are all excellent. They all have their strengths. They all have, you know, their focus. But for for me and and Troy, uh, who is the the, the co founder of you know Savital, he um, he and I were having issues finding quality. Right, like you can find people, but quality is something that you know it. Not everybody has, right? So we started kind of doing our research as of where can we find quality? And that's where we determined, you know, most of the people that we had didn't have a college degree, didn't have a background education, didn't have prior uh, experience working with any uh, employers at, at any capacity, didn't have to be um, insurance per se. So it made it a little bit difficult to kind of like integrate them with the culture of the agency or the culture that we had within, right? So we started kind of finding what are the best qualifications that bring EVA that will avoid the whole cultural impact and that can actually bring value in and that's how we kind of started thinking about it right you know if i'm in if i'm an agency owner or if i'm an owner of any business what are the qualifications that i want my people to possess and how do we, i want them to integrate within so what are the core values that they need to bring to the table so we focus on core values and we focus on qualifications when it comes to prior employment and education. So what we determined was that we cannot hire, uh, at least for us, it doesn't work that no one has prior uh, employment experience, even if it's like in a store or in a restaurant, it doesn't matter where you come from. It's just having the experience of working as a team, like you said, Dustin. And then having the qualifications from an educational standpoint, where doesn't need to be that you have a business degree or you have, you know, an economics degree or whatever. It's just having that background of discipline, right? 
So it is about the discipline that it takes for you to go to school and the discipline that it takes to work as a team. And those are the two, uh, the two qualifications, the essence of the people that we're working and, and, and looking for. So it's worked very, very well so far. You know, we, we've grown. Uh, it's only been a little bit. It's been a, a year and change. And we are up to, I think now we have about 45 BPs, virtual professionals placed within the insurance, construction, and real estate communities. So it's, it's, it, it makes a big difference to be able to identify what is that niche market that you want to bring to the table in order to help other employers. So to that question, asking about the employers, I'm really interested in the workflow. So, you know, if, if I'm one of your virtual professionals, I'm going to call, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say virtual professionals now. Um, yes. <laughs> but so if I'm one of your virtual professionals, how exactly am I working with an agency? Well, that depends. And I cannot wait to hear that answer from Monica. But let's take a short break before we get into that. Take the first step into the insurance industry with the Introduction Series. Prepare yourself for a rewarding insurance career with preparatory courses that expand your understanding of basic terms and concepts. Learn at your own pace and access courses 24-7. Visit www.scic.com forward slash programs forward slash intro dash series to get started. All right. So Monica was going to tell us about the workflow. So how, how does this work? Yeah, so it, it, it depends, right? Like it depends. Um, it depends on your process. It depends on what are the, the tasks and the type of position that you're putting them in, right? So, I mean, I cannot tell you that this is exactly the things that every single one of them do because they're all with different employers. Uh, they work with one employer at a time. They're not working with multiple employers. Okay, because that was that was one of the things that I was going at. Are, yeah. are people assigned to, yeah. to different agencies? Okay. Yeah, so it's just like if, if you, Kat and Dustin, were going to hire me to come and work for you, but I'm in Massachusetts. You know, and you guys are on, across the country. So basically, you're hiring me to do an admin position, let's say, or you want to hire me to do and run your educational uh, background and, and your, your trainings and stuff like that. So I am going to need a job description. I am going to need a process. I am going to need my equipment. I am going to need my logins. It's just the same. It's the same as hiring anybody else. There is no difference between you hiring me and hiring someone from another country, right? So, you know, when it comes to workflow, we guide everybody as of these are the things are needed. This is, you know, we, if you don't have a written process, we will help you writing that process during training. If you don't have any training uh, recorded, we will record those trainings so you can have it for future internal and external hires as well. So we guide and hold everybody's hand to that process because believe it or not, a lot of people don't even have a workflow. We have to do it for them. In the insurance industry, a lot of people don't have a workflow. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, no. <laughs> 
right? So, um, so it is really interesting, right? Like you see, you know, we have we have clients across the country, and you can see where the advanced ones are, and where you know there is a lot of need for automations and plugging in. Like, I think we had a call last week with uh, a prospect, and they don't even have a CRM; they have a spreadsheet. You know, so <laughs> people are still working without a CRM. Yes. What? Yes. Okay, Pat. I know you and I. That actually wasn't sarcasm. <laughs> that was literal. Yes. Shock. No, I know yeah. you and I are in some of the same social media groups, and I I literally see people going, "What else is there besides working off of a spreadsheet?" And my mind is blown every yeah. single time. Believe it or not, how are they still in business? Yeah, believe it or not, it is it is a cruel reality. <laughs> and we are all dealing but with it. But that's okay. If you are one of the ones that are still working off of a spreadsheet, there are options for you. Yes. And Monica has the solution. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> you know, like, it's. I, I love um, how they come back, right? Sometimes it's just so funny. They think they need a person and we're the first ones to tell them, you don't need a person. You just need a system, <laughs> you know? Like we, mm-hmm. we get requests for people like, I have to enter all these things. I have to update my spreadsheet and my commissions. And I was like, you don't need a person. You just need a system. And then, you know, there are certain things, you know, we're not here to take advantage of people. We're here to make them work more efficiently. And let me tell you, like the, the times that I had to refer people out, I was like, check this CRM, check this system. Before we talk again, make sure you do their homework and talk to this, this, and this person, right? And then we will determine if you really need to add payroll into your into your agency because there are so many ways that you can actually become more efficient other than adding people. And it's not that we don't want to add people. It's just I feel bad about telling them, yeah, here is a person and then setting them up for failure Mm -hmm. because they're just doing manual things that they don't need to do. Right. So it is it is it's been very rewarding. Um, It's been uh, a learning experience. You have no idea. But I am more and more every day, I am more committed because there is so many people that need help within our industry. And I think, you know, with the shortage that we're having and the, and the big gap that we're having right now, where people is not interested to work in our industry, they're just not. And it's, it's unfortunate. I was telling Kat before the episode that I was really curious as to how virtual professionals rather than VAs, um, are available to help fill this need, this talent gap. Because I know of several agencies that a year ago were like, hey, do you know anybody that's looking, any account managers, any customers? We would like somebody with experience, but we can try and find. And they still haven't filled those positions. Right. And I don't know. So I know being in an agency, we had at one time tried a temp agency, mm-hmm. but how is how is a temp agency something different from a virtual professional? Because I feel like there may be, after trying the temp agency, it, it just didn't work. And so I feel yeah. like somebody might go, oh, this is just like doing a temp agency thing. Yeah, no, it's not the same because 
the temp agency, uh, it's it's not secure, right? You have people that it's coming and going. They're 1099s. They might like you today. They might not liking you tomorrow, right? And then they're basically freelancers and people that probably already retired that it's trying to come back because they need to work for a couple more months. It doesn't mean that they won't do great placements. The issue right now is that there is no placements because there is no people that license people that want to work in the insurance industry. So we have to attract new talent, which you guys are doing a great job with your you know, high school program and all that stuff. I, I, I really, really love it. But right now, the advantage that everybody else is having outside the U.S. is that they don't have enough jobs and they want to work with U.S. companies. They have the education. They might not be able to get licensed, but they can get their credentials. They can take a CISR class. They can, you know, so they can get credentials. They might not be able to get licensed, but they can do the same job as an account manager with the exception of soliciting or selling the insurance, because that's part of, you know, the 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 ENO mm -hmm. uh, issues that we encounter, right? So speaking of ENO, yep. if if I'm one of your virtual professionals and I'm mm -hmm. assigned to work with Mr. Rogers Agency, just pull the name off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Rogers and Agency. Let's Mrs. Just yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I were to make a mistake, you know, a mistake <laughs> that results in an ENO claim, who's liable for that? Would that be the agency or would that be the Savital? So basically, there is two levels of ENO, right? So mm -hmm. we have an ENO that covers third parties, and we can add the agency as a additional insured. But also, depending on the ENO within the agency, they will also be covered for third party services. And we always review the ENO policy before we sign any contracting. Uh, we did have a big meeting. I think it was um, in December, December 2021. We had a great meeting with a big ENO carrier that the big eye in Minnesota facilitated. And we had all of these questions answered. And it was fantastic because it helped us understand that there is really nothing that they can do other than soliciting and selling. So any mistakes, anything that's done, they require to have their own logins mm -hmm. into the carriers. Um, and some carriers even ask us to sign a third-party disclosure, which we do. So we do have everything in place needed in order to avoid any issues, any legal issues that come with, you know, who's doing the, the work and, and whatnot. So it is just like any other employee, basically. So you have virtual professionals that are outside the U.S. Do you also have virtual, uh, mm -hmm. virtual professionals inside the U.S. as well? Not yet. Not yet. We, we are planning to expand once, you know, we're, we're in very early stages. I, I don't feel that we have even taken off yet. Like we, <laughs> Trey says, we're still on the wrong way. And I was like, yep, just turning on the airplane right now. Right. So it is our goal to do, to expand to U.S. territories down the road. But right now it's the global economy, right? So we are basically bringing jobs to places that for example, where we're at um, in Pakistan, we have 5,000 graduates a year and only 200 jobs available. Holy cow. Wow. Right? 
I'm 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 also just gotta say I'm really hoping some of our high school students and university yeah. students yeah. are listening to this and they can immediately go, Oh, I know someone to call as soon as I get my designation. Of course. Of course. Right. Not only not only that, but I'm thinking like any account managers, because I know um I mean Monica's obviously not the only right. virtual professional or virtual assistant company that's out there. There are others. And so here's mm-hmm. here's my line of thinking. I know on social media, we've, we're part of insurance yeah. groups and whatever, and you'll see that several agencies have either, um, of course, we all had to adapt by going remote right. for a little while because the world was what it was. But then some agencies mm-hmm. went back into the office and some people were just like, you know what, I, right. I want to stay remote. And their agency wasn't right. willing to keep them remote. And so you'll see the post that says, I'm looking to just mm-hmm. be remote. And then, of course, here come the onslaught of like, here, click here, click here, click here. I'm getting paid $700 a day just by working at home. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And so, and I see it in, you know, just our community blog areas as well. I, you know, I want to be remote and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you're not, you're, you don't know anything about the insurance industry and this would be a great opportunity for you. So how does somebody choose a virtual assistant or virtual professional company to work for without knowing how do how do they do their research? What's their what what is if I'm what is my due diligence to go look for working for a virtual assistant company and not get screwed over or scammed? Yeah, so definitely, you know, making sure that they have a proven record, right? For us, for me, that's hard to say because we've only been in business for a year and change, but we do have a proven record already where we have 100% satisfaction with our clients and we have not lost one, one BP in more than a year. So I think, you know, looking into the company's culture, looking into the companies, you know, uh, when they're interviewing the VA companies, you know, what are the collaborations that are being done? You know, where? Give me examples of different companies that you work with. Also, you need to ask about, you know, are there any additional benefits? Because it's just like like interviewing any employer, right? Like the difference is that you work for a third party and you will get compensated probably differently than people working within the agency. Now, some agencies uh, eventually end up buying out those contracts just because they want to hire that person directly. And that's totally fine. That is not our model yet. We haven't encountered that type of situation, nor we want to, because we have built a company that actually, you know, we provide the health insurance we provide versus like other big companies. It's just a pay and that's it. And you handle everything else. We have created a culture where you get incentivized uh, with bonuses. You get incentivized by bringing other people. You get incentivized by productivity towards your client. You know, you get incentivized by client satisfaction. So how and how often is that measured? Um, If you're looking at one of your employees' performance, um, is there is, and and I, I think you said not everybody's servicing an insurance agency, correct? Right. So, I mean, do do you determine what those performance metrics are or does the the agency do? There is three ways that that is determined. We send a survey to the client 
to add, uh, ask them for their feedback on the on their on the employee. Then there is an internal management team as well that they provide their feedback, uh, and then there is the employee feedback. So how they are feeling, how they are working out, how they feel that you know they are performing. So there is three sides to uh, evaluating that performance, and it's done quarterly. And the reason it's done quarterly is because we understand that there could be many issues that if you wait six months or you wait a year to tackle them, you might be either losing that client or losing that employee. So we do it quarterly to make sure that everybody is where they need to be and achieving their goals, achieving you know everything that they need to, to do for that specific person and client. I'm thinking about all the ways um, that a company like yours um, or just a virtual professional. And you know what? I love I love the use of virtual professional and somebody yeah. just being able to go, I'm a VP. Yes, it's just a confidence yeah. booster. You guys, dialogue is everything sometimes. Titles. They they matter, but I mean, at the same time, titles can just, they can be inflated sometimes, but yeah. moving away from calling somebody an employee or a staffer or an assistant or, yeah. you know, calling them VPs. I just love it. So I just wanted to plug that. I just, I yeah. just love that they get to be called VPs. Words matter. The words matter. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's important that you bring that up because it's not, it's not just about the words. It's about culture. Yeah, Because absolutely. we all come from different, we all come from different cultures. And like, for example, the word assistant might not be a good word to use with with someone from another country because they can tell you, you know, I'm not an assistant. Like I have I have my master's degree and, you know, I have an education and this is my profession. This is what I chose to do, but I'm not an assistant to anybody. So we have to be very careful on how, you know, we we approach people because we never know the. Uh, impact that it's going to have with different cultures and different backgrounds and you know where they come from so from a marketing perspective you know we use ba because it's what everybody understands you know like nobody's going to be like what is a virtual professional or what is a virtual whatever but everybody understands ba and these days we're all virtual right. professionals exactly <laughs> i'm a virtual right. professional cat's a virtual right. professional monica's yeah. a virtual pro. we're yeah. all virtual but internally <laughs> we've never called them assistants never because they they come very very highly educated and they are they're professionals they're like anybody else mm-hmm. I love that. So I was just imagining, though, before I, you know, went off on a tangent about virtual professionals, about all the different ways this is going to be able to fill these spaces where talent is needed, whether it's for a short term, somebody went on leave and now you need somebody to cover that desk or it's long term. You've just not been able to find anybody in your area. And Mm -hmm. what a better time than now to have access to the talent pool outside of your area like right. you, you can literally get a license and and have a non-resident license and still work proficiently for somebody from another state right and right so you you bring up an interesting thing about culture so understanding and and not necessarily just being specific to most of the professionals are working out of the country but even when they work in the country i mean you know we are a global economy mm-hmm. a global society, but 
not everybody's mindset has gotten there yet. And I'm, you know, of course I might, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, some companies that can be in podunk wherever. And, and I know I've worked for some smaller companies where maybe leadership was not the most progressive. I'm in podunk wherever. <laughs> That's why I didn't say mom. I was on mute. Stop. I was trying to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 again too. So you know, thinking about okay, you're a you're a Latin woman, and you know, knowing that mindset of how one of your professionals is just going to interact. I mean, what kind of I don't know if vetting is the right word, but or matchmaking, but how do you match one of your professionals with the right agency to make sure that the culture is a fit? We don't. They do. They interview them okay. and they choose them. So oh, okay. we don't play matchmaker. They do. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why we have had so much success. Because when they, you know, we have the initial conversation, they tell us this is what we're looking for. This is what I would love for them to do. This is our, these are the needs. Um, Then if we don't have people on the bench, right, we go out and we seek those those skills. Um, And then it takes us a couple of days. It doesn't even take long because there's so many people looking for jobs, right? And then we bring three or four options to the table and that person actually interviews them and they choose them based on their questions, based on their culture. Some of them bring their teams. So like if, for example, you know, XYZ insurance company is looking for someone to work with the commercial lines department, we actually ask them, can you bring two or three people from your commercial lines department to the interview so they can interview them? Because they are the ones that are going to be interacting with this individual. They are the ones that are going to be on the day-to-day. It's not the owner. The owner is just going to pay for the bill and call it a day, but the rest of the people is the are the ones that are going to be interacting day in and day out. So they should be doing the hiring decisions. So we actually... Put them, we put it on their plate. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. if there is anybody listening that has leadership that regularly does interviews without yeah. your involvement, when you're the one that's going to be predominantly working, speak yeah. up and say something. I mean, don't be rude about it. Yeah. Or- because they are, they are the ones that are going to get the bite. Like basically, you know, I, I've been involving my teams on interviews for years now. And it's been the best, the best thing ever, because I might think that this person is great. And then there will be two people on the team that said, this is going to be a problem because of X, Y, and C. And I asked these questions and this is how they reacted to it. So I have a feeling that in the future, and they are the ones protecting the culture, right? Which gets you more buy-in. And when that person comes on board, they actually have already a plan to train this person, how they're going to interact with this person, they have hope, right? So you have to give them, you have to give the, your team, I'm going to repeat this again. You have to give your team the power to make those decisions. Regardless if you're the owner, you want to carry that title, I don't care, the C, the P, 
the president, the CEO, the principal, whatever you want to call yourself, you need to give your team the power to make that decision because they are the ones that are interacting with this person day in and day out. So I always leave it to the team to make those decisions. Like, do you think this is going to be a good fit? And go from there. So we do the same with the with the VPs. They 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 make their choice, not us. I I did a an interview with with Dustin before I got hired at the National Alliance. So that was really important. You know, our CEO made sure mm-hmm. that I interviewed with the rest of the team just to get to know them. Um, unfortunately, they didn't know what the meeting was for. So I got on the call prepared to answer all these questions. And Dustin's like, so what are we doing? What's this about? <laughs> Who's this chick on the other side? Well, I want to work here. <laughs> no, that's great. I love the conversation that we're having. And I feel like this conversation could go so much further in so many different directions, even outside of the topic of right. virtual professionals and virtual assistants and just how to involve your team. But let's let's shift. To something a little mm-hmm. bit more fun or interesting. Oh. Your podcast okay. and the message of your podcast. And you're a female in the industry. And correct me if I'm wrong, but your podcast, it doesn't necessarily have to focus on the industry, but is all about letting women tell their story. Right. And I, I believe in talking with you before. It's I don't know if the message is empowering others to tell their story, but I I would really like to hear more about how hearing other people's stories on your podcast is empowering you as a woman in the industry, yeah. as a businesswoman, wh- whether it's in the insurance industry or otherwise, mm-hmm. because your, your VA uh, business is not just for the insurance industry. How is hearing those stories right. in... And listening and asking the questions, what is that doing for you on your podcast? Oh, Lord. So I've never been asked that before. (laughs) (laughs) But I I always joke about I don't spend too much money in therapy because I have my podcast. And (laughs) this is so true, though. I don't know how many podcasts we've done already where we get done. And I just I feel like I need to check out for the rest of the day because it just felt like a therapy session. Yeah. (laughs) It is so true, but believe it or not, I didn't start the podcast with the intention of what has become. I started it because um, I needed an outlet to kind of like feel that I wasn't alone because I was going through like a very big transition at the moment that I started it. And then by having conversations, I noticed that, yeah, I was not alone. And there was a lot of women out there that either went through the same thing or were having, you know, the same type of experience. So then, you know, a light bulb went in and it was like, okay, well, why don't we share your story? You never know if you're helping one person, if you're helping two people. But I feel that everyone can learn from everybody else. So on my end, every time I hear a story, you know, sometimes we cry, sometimes we laugh, sometimes we get serious and to the point. Sometimes they don't even make it public because they are so intense and so intimate that after we're done recording, we both agree that this is just a conversation between you and I type of thing. But it's definitely taught me 
that there is nothing more powerful than sharing to do good for others. And when you share because you want recognition, it doesn't end well and it's not natural. But when you share because you really, really need it to be heard, and when you share because you really need to be, I don't know, you really need to be hold and you need to be cared for and you need to be seen. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Seen, um, yeah. It's just such a powerful experience. Like on my end, I don't talk a lot on my podcast. I just I just focus on listening into into the story. And when I am done with it and I have to go and, and we do the, you know, the editing and all of that. And I hear the story three or four times more after that, you know, that session. I just have a notebook where I, I put lessons learned, right? Lessons learned, uh, for example, you know, don't give up before it's too late. Don't give up on your dreams because you never know when they're going to arrive. It might be at 45, it might be at 50, it might be at 70, but if you work hard, you'll they'll come, right? Be grateful because somebody else is having it worse than you are, right? Smile because you never know who needs it. You never know what the homeless is doing in the corner. Bring them food. It's just... So many things, gratitude, empowerment, positivity. You know, I've interviewed at least three women that have had cancer. And now they either open their own company or they're traveling the world or all these things, right? And it makes you reflect on how grateful you need to be at the moment that you are, regardless of what you're going through. And I think that's every, you know, every week, that's what I am reminded of is that no matter what you're going through, no matter if you have what you want or you don't, you have to be grateful for everything that is happening to you right now because you never know where you're going to be tomorrow. And I think that's very empowering for me because, you know, I'm far away from my family. I don't have anybody around me that is telling me, you're great. You're doing a great job. You know, like I don't have those voices. You can call me and I'll tell you that every day. <laughs> you know, it's like I am fulfilling that need by helping others. So it's, um, it is, it's, you know, on my end, it's just a reminder every week that I'm just exactly on the place that I needed to be and I have exactly what I need to have. And I am grateful for everything that I, I am and I'm, everything it's, it's around me. That's that's all. I love that that's what you're getting out of your podcast. And I absolutely adore that you write down what you got out of each of your episodes. And I mean, I hope one day maybe you publish a little book that's just not necessarily a book that tells a story, but just your pages of what you got out of each podcast and each particular day, and maybe a little note about why you needed to hear that message that day. Yeah. That would be such a a powerful tool. I think I've got, I've got a book. It's called the little book of pooisms. That's why I'm like saying, cause it's, it's not (laughs) a book about Pooh Bear. It's just (laughs) Pooh Bear's famous 
sayings and just yeah. <laughs> they strike you <laughs> on certain days and a, a little book That's of amazing. Monica-isms or, you know, whatever. But That's I'm so great. happy that we've gotten to have that particular conversation with you. And one thing that I thought at the same time when you said be grateful for what you have or what you're going through because somebody else might be going through something harder, I would like to add a little bit to that if I can. And also understand that if you're going through something hard, just because somebody's going through something harder doesn't reduce the pain that is being caused to you at that moment. So it's okay to sit in that for a little bit and understand that Mm -hmm. just because somebody else is going through something harder doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge yourself as well. So Mm -hmm. at the same time of being grateful for what you have, it's being compassionate that because you Mm -hmm. just never know when somebody is going through something regardless of how hard it is. And don't look at them and think that's nothing compared to what I just went through. Because that can be everything that has been difficult for them. It's exercising compassion with yourself. Absolutely. And and, and accepting that you can always reach out. And you can always have someone that you can talk to. Even if it's a stranger. You know, Mm -hmm. like most of these women I've interviewed, I've never met them before. And now we've grown into... you know, a relationship. I don't talk to them every month. I don't talk to them every week. But I know that they're in my mind all the time. And I will shoot a quick message and say, hey, how's this going? Or, you know, sometimes I get like, oh, I needed to hear that today. Like type of thing, right? I have a great relationship with one of them. And all all of our relationship is about memes. She sends me memes. <laughs> I send her memes. And we Oh, crack- you should see our team. <laughs> We crack up every other day. It's like she sends me something funny and I was like, oh my God, that's so on point about what's going on today, right? Exactly. Like, so it's just developing these relationships and, and developing, developing a relationship with yourself, like you said, Dustin, not about comparing, but about understanding that it is okay. It is okay and that it, it, it will pass. At, at one moment, it will pass. Right. And just like other women, you know, have been there and gone through it, you can do it too. And I think that's, that's what I wanted to accomplish with my podcast was like, either if you're going through this right now or it happens to you in the future, just know that at some point someone was there and now they're over it and they went through it and you can learn, you can call that person, you know, and you can talk to that person and reach for advice. Like I always tell everybody, like this person will be great to talk to because she went through something similar. So I'm going to make an introduction so you can, you guys can talk, right? Or you ladies can talk. I call everybody guys. So I need to change that in my vocabulary. <laughs> but uh, you ladies can talk and meet and, and, and create something beautiful and learn from one another, right? So I think that's just, it's just been so fulfilling, so, so rewarding. And I never thought it would get to what it is today. I mean, it's not like I have a thousand followers or anything like that, but it is about making an impact. And I know, you know, we are now on our, I think it's our, they haven't all been published, but I have recorded more than a hundred episodes with a hundred different women. 
And that's a hundred women I didn't know before, a hundred stories that we didn't know, and a hundred stories that can change a other hundred women out there. So, you know, that's all I can ask for is helping others. It's a snowball effect. Yeah. You touch yeah. one, they touch one. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives us an opportunity to see people beyond their job title. Right. Or, you know, what it, it, it's beyond what they do yeah. and more about who they are. Right. And it brings the humanity back. And and I know this is something we've said before. It's hard to make friends. It's always been hard to make friends as an adult. You make friends with the people that are in your proximity. And even more so these days, trying to, you know, establish these friendships and these relationships. Again, we're, we're all feeling a little bit of loneliness. So to kind of have an opportunity to cut through the small talk and like the dinner party chit chat and talk about stuff that's real. Yeah. That is so beautiful. And I agree that it's so fulfilling. And I'm so glad that I know you now. <laughs> I heart you big time. <laughs> Monica, I am so happy that we finally had the opportunity to get you on the podcast and talk about virtual professionals, talk about learning from the voices of others and discovering your own voice in the process. And it's been such an amazing conversation. You are such a powerful voice, Monica, and we appreciate you in this space and in this world. And again, just thank you so much for having this talk with us today. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And um, I mean, thank you for thinking about me. Um, I didn't think <laughs> any of that. But, you know, let's just continue growing together and making changes together. I think the industry needs more of us. That's for sure. Thanks for hanging around and listening to another Awkward Conversation in Insurance. Stay tuned for new episodes from Awkward Insurance wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to check out the National Alliance on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or at SCIC.com. Now go forth and be awkward. Doodles. Toodles. Toodles.